Three years ago, we faced one of the hardest times of our life. It was a time where the Lord spoke to us to leave the comforts of our home, our job, our finances, our community, and begin to transition to a place that we had never been before. It really was a major life transition. And every life transition begins with an ending, but finishes with a new beginning. Transitions are challenging because they force us to let go of the familiar and face a future that many times is unknown, causing us to feel lost and vulnerable. And I remember during this time, we were looking for resources. We were looking for other people, other things that we could relate to because we had so many feelings and emotions arise and we really couldn't find much. And so during this process, the Lord took us through, we began to get keys and strategies and how to process transition well. And so we've put together this online workshop called Navigating a Season of Transition. In this live workshop, you will learn the three-step process of every transition, how to come up with strategies for embracing a new season, the difference between a change and a transition, how do you navigate relationships during a season transition, and how to recognize the new season you're stepping into, and so much more. So you may be asking, is this workshop for me? Well, here's some questions that you can ask yourself to find out if it is for you. Are you feeling a sense of chaos and don't know why? Are you having dreams at night about life transitions? Have you been receiving prophetic words over and over from people regarding transition? Are you frustrated where you're currently at in life? Have you lost passion for the things that you've always been passionate about? And things that used to come easy to you are now becoming hard? Join us for this online workshop with one of the premier prophetic voices, Doug Addison, who is a seasoned prophet in times and seasons and navigating transition. Join us May 30th, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for this online workshop. If you'd like to find out more, check the show notes or go to mattanddesgonzalez.com. See you there. The Matt and Dez Experience, season two. Let's go. Thanks for joining us for season two. Join the conversation with Matt, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's show, we're so excited to have Liz and Dave Oswald. And we're so excited to have this conversation. We want to bring you into this conversation that we're having about some of this quarantine, COVID-19, but also what does it look like when we have our kids at home and there is a reset? This is a time of reset. Come on. What does that look like as a couple? What does that look like as a mom and dad? So we're going to go ahead and invite you into this conversation today. Hey, Liz. Hey, Dave. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, Hello. guys. We're so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much. So guys, for the listener who may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and some of your journey that got you to this point. Sure. Um, well, we're Liz and Dave. We live in central Illinois, and we are a blended family. We have collectively seven children. Um, the oldest is 19. The youngest is two. So um, we're like the whole yours, mine, ours thing. Um, when we got married, Dave had four kids. I had two. And then we have one that's ours together, but we really claim them all as mm -hmm. ours. They're all ours. Um, so yeah, so our, our journey has really been one of redemption. Um, the Lord taking what's broken and making it beautiful and just, yeah, a lot of restoration, a lot of healing, a lot of kind of the spirit of adoption. It's really showed us mm -hmm. what it looks like to truly love 
kids that you didn't necessarily birth yourself. Um, you know, where the world likes to draw lines, the Lord has showed us to, you know, kind of extend the circle of family. And one thing that I think is unique about Dave and I is before we were even married, you know, kind of our DNA is we both just love, <laughs> which is a good thing, love kids, love lots of kids, love the, you know, crazy excitement of friends over and um, all of our kids, friends call us mom and dad. So just really, you know, the culture of our home is that when someone's here, they're family. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what encompasses what we're about and who we are. And we, um, we're passionate about discipleship. We're passionate about, um, you know, just loving people right where they're at, especially the kids. And then, you know, as we're grafting two families and making them one, what does that look like in the kingdom? What does that look like to each individual child? You know, how can we make sure that all seven of them are seen and heard and loved. We are thankful for our story because, you know, there's a lot of blended families, even in the church, and we feel like it's kind of an underserved community. So we're passionate about sharing our story and where we've had success, where we've struggled, um, just to kind of give hope to families who are trying to do this thing the right way. Wow. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's so phenomenal, blended family. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot right now. I mean, a lot of people, you know, are going into that journey of blended family. What are some practical keys you can give the listener right now that maybe is part of a blended family or is about to be involved in a blended family? What are just some practical keys that you guys can give them that really helped you guys? For us, one thing that we pinpointed on was, our love does not divide. So it's not like we have six kids and we have to divide a part part out for the seventh. Our love multiplies and we love all of our children the same. We try to make each, each child feel equally loved. Um, that's not a perfect battle, but uh, we do focus on that. And we, we've also been really intentional to not have the, you know, like I said, erasing those lines that the world would want to put there that, you know, my kids and his kids, we really have been intentional to say they're all our kids. And mm-hmm. that has not been without cost. You know, mm-hmm. there are other parents involved that may have a little bit of offense even when we say these are our kids. But what we've had to do is really take a stance for the heart of our children. And what does it feel like to be a kid in a blended family? What does it feel like to all of a sudden have a mom figure in your life that's not your mom? But is with you half the time. And what would it feel like if half the kids in the house can call her mom, but you're not allowed to? What would it feel like? You know, so we've had to really um, war through what do we say about our family? What does the Lord say about our family? And what does it feel like to our children? And then just stick to that. So we say these are our kids. And this is this has not been (laughs) that's not what everyone does. You know, you'll see. Um, different blended families take different stances. But for us, it's created a lot of unity. Um, It's allowed the siblings that are not biological siblings to have a lot more connection because in our home, we are mom and dad. And actually, my the bonus kids, they call me Ima. Um, And we, we wanted to find a way to honor their mom and still me not be just Elizabeth. And so actually, when we were on our honeymoon there, we met a woman from Egypt and she said, you know, they should call you Ema. That's Hebrew for mom. And that's what Jesus would have called his mom. And so, uh, yeah. So, good. so, so I'm Ema. Um, 
And actually, now they kind of all call me Ima, <laughs> even the ones who started calling me mom. And so I think that's been really strategic for us mm-hmm. is just in, in this house, they're all ours. There's not his and mine. Um, one thing that we've really worked hard to establish is just the unity. And this is in any family, but especially mm-hmm. in blended family, sometimes there's this, do I discipline the kids that started as his and does he discipline mine and how do we navigate that? And so it does obviously come more naturally to discipline the ones that you've had from the very beginning, but we've been very mindful to always have a united front. So no matter who is presenting the discipline, we try to both be present and just reinforce. Um, If there's ever been an issue between me and one of um, the kids that started out as his, he always has my back and always defends me. Um, I've never felt like I'm at competition or like there's ever any battle between me and the kids. He always supports and defends me. Not that we always agree behind closed doors. As far as the kids can see, we try really hard to present a united front. So that's really worked well for the kids that didn't start with each of us to respect both of us. Powerful. So as a blended, as blended family and as, as parents, many times, you know, uh, you hear this question and uh, I would like to ask you guys just some practicals. How do you deal with other parents? Because there's other parents involved that aren't you guys. And sometimes there's an emotional stress or disagreements in that. How do you guys deal with that? Because I heard you say the word honor, and that is such a key in the kingdom. But what are some things you guys have done where there's been maybe some disagreements or sometimes, you know, there there are really, you know, hard emotions involved with parents yeah. in blended families. And especially whether, you know, say your family is a believing family, believing in Christ, and you have another family that maybe doesn't believe in Christ, and there could be some really hard dynamics. What have you guys done in that aspect? And what are some keys that you can pass on to the listener? <laughs> that's that's a tricky one. Because, um, <laughs> you know, we're dealing with, well, what we're dealing with is manipulation. Um, a lot of blended yeah. families deal with one parent trying to manipulate the other parent through the child. That's so good. And it's, it's key to pick up on it quick. Doesn't mean you have to go slamming doors and, and overreact. So it's good to pick up on it quick and to expose that to the other and be like, hey, you know, you're getting played here. You got to watch what's happening. Wow. Um, wow. So we can kind of navigate Depending that on their to, age. <laughs> yeah. We, we can navigate that together um, without, you know, blowing up arguments, uh, yelling or anything like that. So we can kind of maneuver through troubled waters. Um, mm. It doesn't always work perfectly. Sometimes we make mistakes. I just made one today that was like, oh, yeah, yeah you're right. I shouldn't have done that. But, um, <laughs> you know, and but we own it as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah oh, it's funny that you asked that because we did. Yeah, we did have a situation today. But what what I've tried to do as a mom, and you know, there being another mom, and you know, not always seeing eye to eye, and having different values and different worldviews, and all of that, is as much as I possibly can being on team mom. <laughs> you know, yeah. thinking if yeah. I were in her shoes, what would I want to be said about me? And so, trying to play as much as I can to her strengths, as much as I can trying to get the child who maybe, you know, especially our oldest um, who started with Dave um, is 19 now. So there's, you know, between a mother and her teenage daughter, there's all kinds of 
things. And so naturally um, she'll come to me and and say, my mom did this and my mom did that. And so I have a choice in that moment. Um, It'd be easy if I was insecure and wanting her to, you know, latch onto me to just, oh my goodness, I can't believe I would never, you know, um, and that's again, the world's way. And so in that moment, I have a choice and I can't say I've never been tempted to do that, especially early on when I'm wanting yeah. to build a relationship, but I've really tried hard to make the, the choice to say, well, let's, let's give your mom the benefit of the doubt and let's assume that maybe she doesn't understand how that makes you feel, or maybe she's not thinking through, you know, just assuming innocence and what that's actually done has built a level of trust with the kids that they can come to me and know that they don't have to ever defend their mom or their other parents to us. Mm. So, you know, we have a very close situation going on in our family uh, with this. So that actually really hits home hearing you say this, you know, one of the questions I would ask is how, how do you protect the kids or work with the kids through emotions? When I, I love what Dave said, sometimes there is manipulation going on. Uh, what do you do when the kids are in the middle of uh, basically a war to try to manipulate their emotions and play, you know, them against another parent? How do you deal with that? How do you protect the kids in that? And what are some tips that you would give uh, the listener? Mm. We can't control what happens outside this home. Mm. And so what we have done is, you know, made it really clear. This is the culture here. Mm -hmm. And this is what you can always count on here. And this is, um, you know, building that trust and connection between our hearts and theirs so that in the midst of a storm, they always have this home as a safe place Mm -hmm. to share their heart and to, you know, if they're having a hard time with the back and forth. I mean, you know, my parents are still married. I don't I can't imagine going back and forth between two homes and two really totally different worlds. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the most loving thing we can do for them is you know, be that safe place that they can share and just let everything as much as we can be stable here. And like Dave said, when we blow it and we do, you know, we do own it as quickly as possible and let them see humility and repentance. And this is, we're on this journey and we, we've never seen it done. You know, we're kind of pioneering this together. You know, Dave's parents, you know, well, his dad is, you know, passed away, but Um, Neither one of us ever went through a divorce in our family until our own divorces. And so Mm -hmm. we're just like figuring this out as we go with the Lord. But I think that creating the culture here that's freedom and safety and um, knowing that they don't have to choose. You know, there's sometimes when you're not healthy in your own heart, there's this um, feeling like it's us or them. And really going through that healing process with the Lord where we can say we they can love them and us. And that doesn't mean they love us less. Kind of like what we're trying to tell them with each other. We can have another child or 10 more kids um, and we won't love you any less. And you can love your mom and your stepdad or your dad and your stepmom and not love us any less. And there's no competition. There's no scarcity. You know, we can all share you and we can all love you. And, and really in some ways I've seen that we can divide and conquer and be pretty effective when there's four parents versus two, if we can work together. You know, what's so awesome is that what really shows is your guys' authenticity and also not hiding when you blow it from your kids. It's almost like, this is what I'm hearing. We're, we're authentic, but we also take ownership. So those two aspects right there are really foundational in creating a safe place. 
And that's what I'm hearing you guys have said, you know, we're being authentic. And we're also, when we blow it, we're not keeping that back. We're actually owning up to it in the midst of our kids. So it makes them feel safe, but also seeing authentic and vulnerability, which is so key. I love it, guys. Wow. Yeah. And I think it, it just removes all shame from the situation. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. as parents, I think sometimes we think there's a certain standard that we have to live up to. And if we fail, Mm -hmm. then, oh my gosh, our kids are going to be so affected for the rest of their life and all of these things. And the, Honestly, the truth more often than not is once we model honor, we model humility, we model repentance, that's Mm -hmm. teaching them something so much more valuable than getting it right all the time. Because we're not, we're not perfect and we're not supposed to be. So it's so awesome. And I just love your guys' heart, your heart for honor, (laughs) for healthy family, for the family culture, like that you guys see, like there's a win-win situation in all of this, no matter what situation, what circumstance we go through as a family, there's all different kinds. Like you've, you've mentioned, you know, you went through the season of being a single mom, you went through Mm -hmm. the season of being divorced and all of those different seasons, they're hard, they're hard seasons, but there is you know, a rainbow on the other side, if you will, there is a win-win situation for you and for the other, the other parent. And so it's just so awesome. I love, cause what I'm hearing you guys too, is that you've gone out of your way to make sure that there's not an enemy that mm-hmm. you're trying to look for that win-win, even at times when it's probably easy to want to make somebody an enemy, <laughs> you know, I think yeah. you get in those times, but you guys have fought for something so amazing in your house, in your family culture, that it's hard not to see the win-win. And, and uh, I love this. And this is so key that I believe the listener can really grasp from that grace that you guys have gotten breakthrough, mm-hmm. especially for blended families. Absolutely. And Liz, mm-hmm. I want to highlight some of the stuff you, you've got going on right now. You have some amazing resources I want to make sure we talk about. And, and I know we're living in some crazy times, you know, <laughs> as we speak, as we're talking, we're still in quarantine right yeah. now. And it's been a crazy season, I think for everyone, but you really took this season this and, and saw an opportunity. And I want you to share kind of what God had put on your heart during this time and, and what came out of it. Yeah. So for about the last year and a half, I've been really serving single moms. Um, I, I joined a, an entrepreneurial community you guys all know and are part of with Pedro and 100X. And yeah, when we first started that journey, Pedro said, what's in your hand? Where do you carry breakthrough? And um, that was you know, coming out of my single mom season healed and whole and being ready to be married again um, in a, in a better way. (laughs) And so I I started mentoring single moms and created a course and and a community. And that's what I've been doing. And with this COVID quarantine season, um, there's just been a stir in my heart and, um, you know, is there something more I'm supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be serving more? You know, I've been homeschooling my original kids all, you know, since they were, in school. Um, wow. I was actually on the phone with Pedro um, about three weeks ago. And, wow. and he said, Liz, you need to make a hard shift, a hard shift. And I did not want to hear that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've got a lot on my plate right now. And, you know, the other four kids are home now too. And we're doing all the, I'm like, what do you mean a hard shift? And he said, you are, are uniquely qualified to serve the moms in this season who are thrown into this homeschooling thing and they're overwhelmed and everybody's at home. And he's like, you need, you need to make a hard shift. And I kind of, I really wanted to just 
ignore and discount what he had said. But I know Pedro well enough and I know Holy Spirit well enough to know I couldn't. And so the next day, you know, I'm in prayer and I felt like the Lord said, you need to write an ebook today. I'm like, today? Is that <laughs> what do you mean today? But he knew me well enough to know that if he said today, it would take me a week. <laughs> so I rallied some other homeschool moms that I know and have done life with and have seen amazing fruit in their kids and said, hey, would you guys want to contribute to this ebook that God told me to write today? And um, just, you know, kind of put the pedal to the metal and I worked on it for almost a week straight. Um, And so it was, um, he said, give it away for free. And so I just created this, this ebook and, and really it's about the heart and throughout the whole process of, you know, writing it, he kept saying, this isn't about homeschooling Liz. This is about, I'm doing a home reset and this is about reestablishing foundations and homes. And I've allowed this time, this quarantine time so that all the things that have been going under cover that haven't been detected. They've been there, but when you're at work eight hours a day and your kids are at school eight hours a day, it's really easy to ignore and not address some issues. You can just, you know, have a quick dinner, eat a frozen pizza in front of the TV, put everybody to bed and not ever deal with the issues. And so this time of home reset is like, we can't ignore it anymore. All the things that have really been there all along, we now have to face them because if we don't, we're going to hurt somebody. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've got true. all these moms in my life saying, I I can't do this. My kids don't listen to me. You know, my husband and I, we can't stay in the same in the same room for two hours, let alone two weeks. You know, we're dying. And I, I can't even begin to homeschool. They don't listen to me. They won't sit down. They don't they don't do what I say. I need the teacher. So there, you know, I'm seeing this need and it's, so the ebook is, there are tips about homeschooling, but I learned that you, you, you sell them what they want and you give them what they need. So I didn't sell anything. I gave it, but you know, it's called surprise your homeschooling, but it's really about um, using this quarantine time intentionally so that on the other side, there's no regret. You know, we don't want to miss this window of opportunity to really press into what the Lord wants to do in our families. And I think that, you know, when the pressure's turned up, when the heat's turned up, all the impurities rise to the surface. And what are we going to do when we see them? You know, are we going to use this time to address the issue? So, um, or are we going to just continue to try to ignore and, and be miserable and overwhelmed and tired? All these moms are saying, I'm so tired. I can't do this. Um, and my heart is to equip moms to, to live in a place of abiding joy and peace. You know, that's mm-hmm. possible as a mom. Come and on. it doesn't mean you have to have everything together. And it doesn't mean your laundry is always done and the dishes are always done and your kids obey every single time. But there's a place of steadiness that you can get to in your heart as a mother that no matter what's going on in your home, you're good. <laughs> and so from the home reset idea, and collaborating with some of these moms who helped contribute to the ebook, we really heard the Lord say, this isn't just a home reset. It has to start with one person who's mm-hmm. going to take responsibility. And so we said, it's it's the mom reset. And so we, we've we created this mom reset challenge movement. Um, who knows what it's going to become um, in the coming weeks and months. But right now, it's, for me, it's about calling moms 
to rise up to the challenge and take responsibility for shifting the culture in their home. You know, instead mm-hmm. of saying, well, my kids don't listen and my husband doesn't help. And, you know, it's really easy to look at everyone who's not doing what they should be doing to give you peace and joy. But what if we rose up to a place of ownership and took responsibility and said, I'm going to let the peace and joy start in me. And then I'm going to shift the culture intentionally. And so that's, um, that's what the Lord's calling me to do right now. And it's, um, you know, it's for single moms, of course, but it's for every mom who's overwhelmed and wants more, but doesn't know how to get there. And I'm grateful, you know, the Lord's taken me on a journey. (laughs) <laughs> through some adversity and through a lot of trial and error um, to learn what it looks like, you know, to be in that place and to continue to feel forward. You know, that's the thing when, when you're in the kingdom, we're always advancing. You know, there's, there's not mm-hmm. two steps forward and three steps back. We fail and then we learn. And then, you know, Romans eight twenty eight, he uses all of it. So yep. we're always moving forward. And so when we get to that mindset of, uh, you know, my kids, <laughs> My kid, the things that are irritating me about them are actually for me. It's an yeah. invitation for the Lord to do something in me. There's an invitation there. And one of my dear friends, Jessica Glover, has said this. Um, we have an invitation in those moments to play the victim or to take the upgrade. Come on. Come on. And isn't that good? Um, so good. And so that's where I'm trying to stay in my heart as a mom, when, when Dave's on my nerves, (laughs) am I going to do, um, play the victim and think if he would only, or if he, or am I going to take the upgrade and take responsibility for my part? Um, and speaking of Dave, he doesn't really get on my nerves that much because we were going to talk about this too. Um, a huge part of me being free to do all these things that the Lord's just recently asked me to run with is having a husband who in this quarantine time of being home and being together has supported me and really given me wings to fly and soar and do, you know, fulfill my assignment. I wouldn't be able to do it if he weren't supporting the kids and the house and doing all that stuff. So thank you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to ask you about that, Dave, because you know, one of the things I love, Liz, is that what you're saying is that, you know, you saw this quarantine not as your demise, but as your launching pad. And that is so amazing because I love hearing that. It's bringing so much hope because so many times in, when you know, you have all the, the news telling you all the statistics and just it's gloomy. It's not going to get better. You have all this bad news that many times creates and you have your kids are home. You have the pressure of that pressure of being a good mom, good dad, husband, wife all this, it's almost like a perfect storm. It's so easy to see everything coming against you to, to just kind of be your demise. But in the midst of this, you have right, you have rose to the occasion and has saw this as an opportunity. And that's what I love. And then be able to do this, you need to have a great support structure. And what you just said is your husband, Dave, Dave, what's that been like? As many times in what we've known in the structure of marriage, even in tr- many church cultures, uh, uh, you know, there's still that whole thing. It's a man's world that, you know, we, you know, we rise up, we do and in in, in our wives, maybe the best they do is, you know, get a part of some kind of group, but you know, they don't really do much. They can't really go after their dream after their destiny. And that we know that's a lie from the pits of hell, but to be able to do that, 
you know, you need a strong team. So how's that dynamic been for you? And what are some tips that you can give husbands to be able to, you know, restructure and be a support system? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. There's a lot in that. Um, (laughs) I know with a Liz, it was apparent early on, there was a lot more to her than what most people had ever given her credit for. Um, Wow. That, that was something that was like, it was almost like obvious. I'm like, I don't see how many people in her life missed this. I, I know a lot of people saw her and it's like, oh, she's awesome. But I'm like, but she's got so much in her. So that's been like about almost two year journey that we've been on building her up and letting her build herself up, um, which means that I take over some of the things. And I don't do everything in the house, but I'm really good at delegating. And with seven <laughs> kids, um, I delegate. I say, okay, you know, somebody's got to pick up uh, all of Charlotte's toys. Um, and that looks like a job for you too. Somebody's got to do the dishes. Um, I'll get up early and do the dishes. Um, that's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's my quiet time. I put some music on and I'll do dishes and I'll get um, at least the kitchen nice. So when she comes through, it doesn't look like everybody threw their dishes on the counter. You know, another thing is take them all outside. Let's go outside. So the house is quiet so she can focus on what she's doing. Um, wow. Isn't he precious? And he has, he has from the beginning of, you know, before I really believed fully in myself, I knew there was like a call and a stir. Um, but I think I was afraid and he, he saw, and he was willing to invest in, in mentorship for me and training for me and me being in rooms where I felt, I don't know if I'm qualified or if I'm ready to be here. And he would say, yes, you are. You're, you know, this is, this is for you. You're, you know, and sending me on trips, I'd get invited to come to a convention or conference. Can you come here and can you speak? And I would leave him behind with seven kids and be gone for three days, five days. And I don't know. I, I've never seen a husband and any of my friends in in any situation that, that is as supportive and, um, empowering as he has been. And I'm just, um, I'm just really grateful. And I think it's a, it's a a picture to husbands of what, um, what it should look like because he's willing to do anything. And and he asks, is there anything I can do to help you? Tell me what to do. What do you need done? How can I help? How can I serve you? Bring me a cup of coffee, bring me a glass of wine, (laughs) keep me hydrated, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and, and help the kids. And like, one of the things that's great about our kids in our home is, you know, Dave's a great leader. Um, our kids are very obedient and respectful. And so he does, he includes them and he, and he assigns things and they're happy for the most part to do it. Um, whatever we ask of them, because there's that relationship equity, you know, and he'll get out in the dirt and play with them and do projects together. And they just, what'd you make last week? We made three garden raised bed garden boxes, um, oh, wow. four by 12 out of, yeah, they're neat. Yeah. So he keeps them busy and keeps things quiet so I can focus. And, you know, when you're, when you start getting into momentum and you're in leadership, all of a sudden your whole world just kind of expands and there's all these moms and all these people who are, you know, in your inbox and on the phone. And I want to be able to serve them well. And I know this is, you know, I won't probably run at this pace forever, but we're building a foundation here for, you know, a ministry for a business. And so, yeah. It's been amazing to have his support. And I told her the other night, I said a lot of, a lot of houses 
like a square house will have four corners. Liz is a very complex, <laughs> intricate house. She's got a lot of nooks and crannies, and her foundation is being built. And there's a lot of areas where it's like, wow, that's really good. But she's, she's very she's, complex. Yeah, but she's, yeah. she's good at so many things. And, and that's the most important thing about a building is the foundation. So what some people might say, oh, it's just a cookie cutter house. She's not. She's she's got a lot going on and she puts her heart into all of it. She's really um, very thorough. Um, You know, I do believe that even as we're talking about this, that there is a a culture shift beginning to happen. And I feel like you guys are are some of those voices in speaking into marriage and couples and what what this is going to look like when the wives begin to step out and and to begin to dream and to, you know, pursue the things that are on their heart. And I just I love your guys' story. It's amazing. Liz, can you speak to maybe the single mom out there? that doesn't have that yet because you've been there that doesn't have that support system. Like you're talking about, like God has provided for you. And what would you tell her and how to encourage her and how to still go after it? Even if she doesn't have that yet. Yeah, that's so good. Um, Dave is a really strong um, man and he is a leader. And the only reason I think that I was attractive to him was because of who I had become in that season of single motherhood. And what that looked like um, was becoming a problem solver, becoming an innovator, learning how to co-create and figure things out with the Lord without relying on anyone else. That I think positioned me for this upgrade. (laughs) That, um, That was the invitation. You know, I think the Lord... Up until that season, I I was kind of a brat, honestly, and um, I I was I didn't really have to do anything um, for myself. My parents were always there to bail me out, and and they were amazing and they loved me. And when I went through my divorce, the Lord very clearly said, "You cannot move back home with them." And so that meant I was homeless for a minute. (laughs) I moved in with well, you guys know my dear friends Andrew and Kelly Whalen. My daughters and I we moved into their basement until I got a job and, and found my way. And that first job was being a waitress. (laughs) And um, so through that season, I learned necessity is the means of invention. So I learned what it was like to survive with very little and be thankful for very little. And then just really, really develop a root system that would sustain me through any storm. And so to the single mom, you're being invited right now to make that choice of victim or upgrade. And so how you spend this time is an opportunity and you get to choose, you know, am I going to invest in myself? How am I going to spend my time? Am I going to turn on Netflix and eat chocolate and drink wine because I feel sorry for my <laughs> season? Or am I going to turn on, you know, YouTube or a podcast and listen to some Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson. That's how I spent my single mom years. I would, um, I would spend hours listening to fathers and generals and mothers in the faith and renewed my mind that way. And I spent hours in the word and in prayer. And if the the house of prayer was open, I was there. If there was a conference that was spirit filled and I could be at the altar getting on my face before Jesus, that's where I was. And I cultivated that culture in my home with just my two daughters. 
and we learned what freedom looks like and we learned what peace looks like. And I saw, you know, the kingdom doesn't require me to have all these things. You know, there is a principle that there is abundance in the kingdom, but you there's also, you can be content with very little. And so I just became this um, really joyful mom. <laughs> that's And that's funny. That's what my, my website now is called the joyful mama. Um, but that was birthed through that season of adversity. And then wow. you know, four months, five months after Dave and I got married, um, my little brother died of a drug overdose. You know, one of those, not even one of those, that was the most intense trial of my life. Do you really have joy? Do you really have roots? And again, that um, season that was really the hardest season of my life, you know, prior to that of single motherhood, that developed a root structure that I know now because of that history I built with the Lord, nothing can uproot me. There's no way to sink this ship, <laughs> you know? Um, and so to a man like Dave, who, you know, my, my pattern prior to him was not a man like this, you know, it was codependence. It was, you know, the narcissistic, you know, abusive, all those things. And, you know, you attract what you are. So I was broken. So I attracted those who were broken. Um, wow. When you become healed and when you're whole and when you're full of the joy of the Lord, that's attractive to a man who has his stuff together. Then the upgrade comes and it was like I had been, you know, working multiple jobs and homeschooled throughout all of the single mom journey. I finished my bachelor's degree. I did all these. I mean, I didn't sleep for like three years. <laughs> and then I married him and he said, I think you just need a season of rest. And you can just homeschool and, you know, I've got a job to pay the bills and you can just have this season of rest. And I'm like, is this real life? You know, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to do. And, and so, you know, I think to encourage the single moms, how you spend this time, this season matters and what you're cultivating in your story, you're writing your story. This isn't like a season to like zip through and fast forward through. This is a season that counts for the next. And, um, you know, when you're faithful with little, you're trusted with more. I gained four kids overnight, (laughs) which was an awesome upgrade. And so, yeah, be encouraged, be encouraged because, um, I love that season. And looking back on that season, my, you know, my daughters, we had so little, we had so little, um, in a physical sense, but when they look back on that time, you know, they have nothing but happy memories Mm. and, so it's what you make it. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. so wow this good. is so good. We're, so, we're going to so have good. to do another episode because there's just so much more that we, we want to get into, but is there any last thoughts you'd like to leave the listener today? Yeah, I have one. It, it kind of goes back to the, uh, the kids and the blended family. Don't know if we hit every single one of our children with this, but one thing we did when there was a little bit of that tension, we gave our children permission to love the other parents inside this house. Um, You know, we don't bring them over for dinner or anything like that, but they're allowed to love their mom and their stepdad, their, their dad and and whoever they're allowed to love. Um, And we address that with them. We we told them, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to tell you that we're, and we're not going to be in competition. And, And Liz says it a lot. She goes, be blessed that you have a step, parent or whatever that loves you when you know she's blessed i'm blessed when we have our children when they're not with us or with a loving family yeah you promote that 
you you mm-hmm. allow it. So mm-hmm. it's good. So good. So where can people follow you, be able to glean from you and check out your resources? Um, well, my website is the Joyful Mama. Mama is M-A-M-A, thejoyfulmama.com. And, you know, we're on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram yet. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, mostly awesome. thejoyfulmama.com is the best place. Sweet, sweet. Well, make sure to check out the show notes and you can find out how to get in touch and check out their website. Wow, this has been a joy, guys. This has been so fun being able to have a conversation with you guys and just learn so much. There's so many keys and so much for breakthrough that was released today. We have to, we definitely have to do yes, another episode to. here. Well, guys, remember family is where life begins, destiny is found, identity is enhanced, and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach? Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.